with just one voice that takes a stand that makes a choice to live for God and not hesitate to tell the world about amazing grace one day that seed somehow breaks through where there was one there now stands two and soon another takes his
of the God you've come to know. And though you may not see just how, He is working all things out. All He's asking now is, will you go? How will people hear that there is freedom, or that the Lamb of God has overcome? We can be the hands and feet that reach them. The time is now, will you be the one? Will you come where the shepherd's head is leading? Will you tell the lost in the road of the God you've come to know? And though you may not see just how, He is working all things out. All He's asking now is, will you go? Shepherd's hand is leading. Will you tell the lost in the road of the God you've come to know? And though you may not see just how He is working all things out, all He's asking now is, Will you go? We'd like for you to join us in singing hymn number two. This is at the front of your hymnal. Hymn number two. This will be towards the front of your hymnal, so you don't have to go far for it. Hymn number two. And if you're able to rest upon your feet, let's sing holy, 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 because we serve a holy, holy God. Amen. <laughs> 
Father, we thank you today for your mercy, your glory, your kindness, Lord, and your holiness. We thank you ultimately for your salvation, Lord. I ask you to be with us this afternoon, be with preachers, he preaches, and with our Bible study today, and we ask you to just let us do work with you today, Lord God, and we give you praise, honor, and glory in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm sorry. We're going to, choir's going to sing for you. It's different now. When, you're, when you live a holy life, you know what? It'll definitely be different. Amen. Are y'all still alive and well? Amen. Don't go to sleep, okay? I know you had lunch, but it's time, let's wake up and be alive and well. Thank God it's different, and all God's people can say. Amen. Amen. All right.
a song you better get a breath amen but i'm glad we ought to be different amen are y'all different amen. well the bible says if you save your peculiar people amen but we can see come thou fount hymn number three come thou fount hymn number three let's all stand if you would please yeah. <laughs> amen and amen hymn number three just before hymn number four but it's hymn number three come thou fount Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mouth I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. Amen. Last verse. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy course above. Amen. At this time, you may be seated. Well, you have your bulletin. Everybody got your bulletin? There's a lot of stuff in there, okay? So make sure you read it. But one thing that we didn't put in there is next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month. And next Sunday being the first Sunday of the month, we have 22 and 22. Amen. Uh, we have this Sunday for that and one other. So let me encourage you, please come and and, and I think we've, we've only missed it once this year, and, uh, and I think we still had 20. So uh, please let me encourage you, you come. Let's have 22 as we uh, come together and pray and ask God for 
uh, for something special for Central Park Baptist Church. So please do not forget 22 and 22 next Sunday morning uh, at 8:15. And then just a couple other things. One is baby, uh, babies, ladies Bible study Tuesday morning at 10. All right. You know, anyway, read your bulletin, okay? Men's prayer breakfast, uh, the sun, uh, Friday, uh, Saturday the 5th. I'm sounding like Brother Marco. Saturday the 5th at 8.30, okay? And then we have soul winning, and then we also have a work day that day. So please do not forget about all the things that are in the bulletin. Pick one of these up, stick it in your Bible or somewhere where uh, you can remember that, all right? Uh, please pray that the Lord will help us again. Uh, continue this year for the cause of Christ. Have a good year. Uh, our mission, Faith Promise Mission, begins next month. As we mentioned this morning, $1,950 a week. Uh, we Last year, our weekly uh, uh, Faith Promise was 1550 I believe, and uh, we exceeded that. So uh, the Lord blessed. We went over $100,000 this year for a Faith Promise, which is an awesome thing for a church. And so we just say, thank you, Lord for what you've allowed us to do and uh, so let me encourage you you continue to do that well let's go to the lord in prayer and pray for our offering this afternoon and may the lord bless you as you give dear father we thank you lord for your goodness uh thank you lord for our people uh god i, I pray that you'd help us uh lord to continue lord to stay the course as we uh lord if you don't come back lord uh, it's okay to look to uh, the future, but Lord, help us in doing so not to forget about today. Today's the day. Now's the accepted time. And I pray that God that will use this day, Lord, for uh, the cause of Christ, for your honor, for your glory. Help us, Father, as we uh, receive our offering this afternoon. I pray, Father, and ask you to bless the gift and the giver. Help us, dear Lord, to be good stewards of it, God, so that we might see souls saved and folks added to this church. And we give you praise and glory because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. We'd like for you to join us in singing uh, hymn 457, hymn 457. We've come here to learn more about Jesus. Amen. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound good. We've come here to learn more about Jesus. Amen. Amen. would I know more of his grace to others show more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more, more about Jesus more, more about Jesus more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died 
for me. More about Jesus, let me learn. More about Jesus, let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, teacher be showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus on his throne. More about Jesus on his throne. Riches and glory all his own. More of his kingdom sure increase. More of his coming prince of peace. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness. More of his love who died for me. And the more we learn about Jesus, the more we know that if you're a born-again child of God, then you've received an, a special invitation to come and dine with him. Amen. Hymn 291. Hymn 291. The Lord invites those who have trusted in him to come and dine. Hymn 291, all verses. Here we go. Uh, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and dine. With his manna he doth feed and supplies every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. Come and dine. Come and dine. The master calleth. Come and dine. You feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and dine. The disciples came to land, thus obeying Christ's command. For the master called unto them, come and dine. There they found their heart's desire, bread and fish upon the fire. Thus he satisfies the hungry every time. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feed that Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now. Come and dine. Oh, soon the lamb will take his bride to be ever at his side. All the host of heaven will assemble be. Oh, twill be a glorious sight. All the saints in spotless white. And with Jesus they will feast eternally. Amen. Come and dine. The master calleth. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and die. At this time, we'd like for you to come and greet each other at this time.
We're gonna, we were going to sing, but he, his microphone's gone. But I think he moved it. Okay? <laughs> All right. Is he up and going, Brother Elias? Green. See my Jesus on the cross, the people crying. Looking on a man would think it tragedy. But what the world could not see was when they nailed him to that tree. It would break the chains of sin and set man free.
precious blood has covered me. I'm so glad His precious blood has covered me. I like that song, amen. Uh, Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. Let's go back and we'll, uh, let's just start in verse 1 and we'll uh, read down through verse uh, 18. Found your place, Amen. Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there rose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Uh, come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when they Falleth out uh, when they when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so uh, get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built uh, for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramesses. Uh, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel and. The Egypt, uh, Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Shifra and the name of the other was Pua. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women... And see them upon the stools. If it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing and have saved the men children alive? Alive. Now, I just want to leave off reading there and, and, and pray. And, and if you'd like, you go and read the rest of that chapter uh, later. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for again for your word. I'm uh, thankful, Lord, that even today, that, it, uh, that it's probably more relevant today than it was then. And, and, Lord, I'm thankful that we can glean from it to help us, to challenge us, Lord, and to encourage us as well. And, and so, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us this afternoon to uh, allow you to speak to our hearts. We pray that you bless the reading of your word, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, last week, we ended with, uh, in verse 11, as the new king in Egypt didn't know Jesus, or, or Joseph, and as a result, he turned up the heat on the uh, Israelites in their slavery, and, and they put taskmasters over them, 
And uh, we learned that these taskmasters were inhumane in their treatment to the Jews. If you remember, we talked about what rigor meant, and it meant that they were literally inhumane. In fact, uh, the Lord here penned and said it twice uh, to make a, an emphasis on how the Israelites were treated. Uh, but even though these taskmasters were inhumane in their treatment to the Jews, uh, we find that even in affliction, God still was in control. Because even in their afflictions, uh, it did not stop the blessings of God. And folks, I'm thankful that affliction does not stop the hand of God's blessings in our lives either. Affliction may come, and if it hasn't, it will. Uh, but listen, I'm thankful uh, that, that, that affliction, though, is not for our hurt, it's for our benefit. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But if you look in verse 12, that's where I'd like to... Go back to it, but, and notice what it says. It says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they did what? Multiplied, Multiplied and grew. Yes, sir. Now, affliction often looks to destroy us, but instead, listen, it builds us up. Mm-hmm. Afflictions were not, I mean, it, afflictions aren't something that we look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any of y'all look forward to affliction? No. Okay, I was hoping nobody raised their hand. Uh, I, I do not look forward to it, and neither did they. I mean, but they, I mean, they're definitely not something that's pleasant. Amen. But God uses them to benefit us. Uh, in fact, the affliction that came upon Israel, if you read Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13, uh, even though it came upon Israel through slavery, watch, Egypt fulfilled uh, another promise made by God. In fact, l- turn over to Genesis chapter 15, and, and let's read that. Uh, it, this is fulfilling a promise made by God, the very affliction that they are in. And notice what it says in Genesis 15, verse 13. It says, And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them. And watch, it says, and they shall afflict them 400 years. So God's letting them know, listen, you're going to go here and you're going to be, you're going to face some afflictions. You're going to suffer. But notice also what God said. Look in chapter 46 uh, in verse 3. Genesis chapter 46 in verse 3. And it says, and he said, I am God. Is God still God today? I mean, that doesn't change. I mean, he said, I'm God, the God of thy father. He said, fear not to go down into Egypt, for it says, for I will there, what, do what? Make of thee a great nation. So, listen, their fruitfulness came through affliction. And, and we like the promises of fruitfulness, and we can all say amen to that but not the ones about affliction. Uh, Psalm chapter 119 and verse 71. It says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. Now, I've never, have y'all ever said that? No. <laughs> I was thinking about that when I read that verse, uh, but I can't think of a day when I ever said, you know, I really, I'm, thankful, I'm glad that I've been afflicted. I can't remember that. But notice what it says. The psalmist says, it's good for me that I have been afflicted. Why? That I might learn thy statutes. That's a pretty good reason to be afflicted. Psalm 119, verse 67, it says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, 
I've kept thy word. And you know, and I got to thinking, why is it that we have to be afflicted before we turn and be obedient to God? Uh, that's what it says. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. Now, not all, of, uh, not all affliction is chastisement for sin. But whether it is or not, it can benefit us in our faith. Now, be, we got to be careful in this. We, listen, uh, Israel, Israel's affliction would help them to improve in faith and in character. Same for you and me. Affliction helped Israel get Egypt out of Israel and helped to give uh, Israel a desire to get out of Egypt. Now, and if you go back and you understand this, Israel, when they got out in the wilderness, what well, was one of the first things they wanted to do when they started facing a little trouble? They wanted to go back. But watch this, if you look in Hosea chapter 5 and verse 15, this affliction helped the Israelites turn back to God because Hosea said in in chapter 5 and verse 15, he said, in their affliction they will seek me early. Now that's not talking about early in the morning. That's talking about when affliction starts. That's talking about, listen, you know, we, uh, I don't know about you, but I don't have to go very far into suffering and affliction. You know, I, I, I'm praying and I'm on my knees asking God for some help and strength early on. You don't have to get me halfway through or three quarters of the way through before I finally decide, hey, you know what, I think I'm going to pray about this. No, wait a minute. As soon as, sometimes we see it coming. Like a train wreck. I mean, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Listen, and it's a train. And listen, when we see it, it is at that moment that we need to get on our knees before God and start asking God for some help. Amen. Hosea said that in their affliction, they will seek me early. Listen, God has a plan. Always, God always has a plan. And nothing happens in God's plan for no reason. Amen. And the affliction that the Israelites are going through, it's going to toughen them up for a wilderness journey that they're going to face down the road. Amen. Notice in verse 12 again, notice what it says. It says, and they were grieved. The Egyptians were grieved because of the children of Israel. That word grieved, it means to loathe. Uh, It means to abhor. It means to be weary of. And these were the feelings of the Egyptians toward the Jews. Now, these Egyptian taskmasters, they were mistreating the Israelites. Uh, and when you mistreat something, anything, you'll eventually come to the place where you hate it. If you mistreat something, you will eventually come to the place, I don't know, where you probably will loathe it. You will come to the place where it grieves you. And y'all, y'all are still with me, say Amen. If we recall the Israelites, you remember when they were wandering around in the wilderness and, and, and God was feeding them manna from heaven? If you'll read there, you'll notice that they came to the place where they loathed the manna from heaven. That's right. That's right. Listen, you know what? They were disgusted by it. That, in other words, they hated it. They, they were weary of it. And the reason why is because they came to the place where they did not appreciate it. They came to the place where they didn't honor the God who gave it to them. And it was everything that they needed in their diet. But they came to the place, listen, it became uh, something that, you know, they knew it was going to be there and it was always there. And, and and, And so they came to the place where they expected it to be there and it became old hat. It came to the place where they, they said, man, you read it. They said, man, we're tired of this. 
And eventually, as a result of getting uh, of loathing the manna, they began to mistreat God. Uh, they didn't honor Him. The Egyptians are this way. They hated and were disgusted with the Jews. And as a result, guess what? They, they mistreated them. And folks, the same is true with the things of God. You, you follow me, say amen. amen. If you don't give God due honor, if you don't love Him, respect Him properly then you'll end up loathing him. You'll end up mistreating him. Not only will you mistreat him, but you'll mistreat the things of God as well. If you don't honor your church, if you don't love the the one who gave himself for the church, you'll come to the place where you scorn it. Uh, That's why I believe a lot of people today hold the church and and worship just like this as worthless because it's not worth my time. Let me tell you something. A lot of Christians today have come to that place where worship and spending time with, with the people of God, they loathe it and it grieves them. They, they abhor it. And listen, as a result, you know what they do? They treat God the same way that they treat the house of God. It becomes something uh, that they can do without. And let me say this. It's the same thing in, in the marriage relationship. If a husband and wife mistreats one another, uh, then their love is going to diminish. Yep. Their marriage is going to get in trouble. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it. Listen, um, you know, I was talking, my wife was this morning, and she was telling me, man, my, I, I woke up this morning, and my feet were hanging off the side of the bed. And she said, I, and I tried to move them back, and, and, you, were, and you were right there. And, and she said, I, I was just trying to get some space. Uh-huh. And we got a king-size bed. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, I just want to be close, you know. I mean, I, and I thought, you know, but she said, man, I want my space, you know. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? Listen, when, when sometimes we just need to understand that, that we need to plead close to God, too. We need to treat him like, uh, like we love him and, and want to be around him and want to be around one another and the people of God. But if we're not careful, listen, then, and if we're not treating one another right, then we're, we're not going to treat the house of God right and then we're not going to treat God right. And the next thing you know, that we're not even in church like we ought to be. Yes, Amen. In our country, even in our churches, let me say we've mistreated a lot of things that we ought to be honoring. And the results are in, and we've failed. We now loathe things like virtue, integrity, worship, authority, godliness, holiness. And on the other hand, we give respect and honor to vile practices, and all because we refuse to take a stand against evil. And, and a lot today have compromised and given in, just like I was showed you the illustration this morning. Well, these Egyptians, they are disgusted with the Jews, and they're mistreating them. And notice that this new king, notice what he does. The first thing that we see, he devised a plan to kill all the male babies. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't stop mistreating them. He just simply uh, added to the cruelty that was already going on. Yeah, uh, if this new king had his way, think about it, there wouldn't, be, there wouldn't have been any people left for Moses to lead out of Egypt if he had had his way. The problem this king had that I don't think he realized he had that at this point was that uh, he's fighting against God. Right. He's fighting against God's plan. You remember a man named Paul? Yeah. He tried to fight against God. He persecuted the church. 
I mean, he's out there putting Christians in jail, and he's, he's got letters with authority, and he said, man, I, li- listen, he was out there thinking that he is really doing a good thing, but listen, he forgot that he's fighting against God. And God met him on the Damascus Road one day, and God says, Paul, or excuse me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Listen, and you know what? He lost. And God used him in a great way. Listen, but you can't fight against God and win. And to fight against the Jews, you fight against God. I mean, it was that way then, and it's that way today. Look in Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. This verse gives us an impossible way for eliminating the Jews. Now, if you can do what's in this verse, this is what God said, uh, then you can eliminate the Jews. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 31, and look in verse 35 and verse 36, it says, Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinance of, ordinance of the moon and the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. Look at what it said in verse 3. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. In other words, God's saying, the only way this new king can get rid of the Jews is to destroy the universe. Guess what? That ain't happening. Listen. I like what this one guy said. He said, the Jew has stood at the graveside of every persecutor. Man, that's pretty good. Well, this king had a plan. And his plan included the killing of all the male babies. And and it made infanticide the law of the land for the Jews. Can I ask you something? Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Sure it does. I mean, but, but we don't call it infanticide. We call it know, abortion. We call it pro-choice. We even call it reproductive health care. Yeah. But if you, you can call it what you want. You can put any kind of label on it that you want, but it's still murder. And this king did it as a means of population control. Read it. it it's right there. I mean, listen... No, and let me just throw this in here. No born again child of God ought to ever vote for somebody that stands for abortion, for murder. You know why? Now listen, you say, oh, now wait a minute, preacher. No, I'm I'm just telling you what God said in his word. This king is doing it in fantasy. Listen, if that, listen, that was bad. That was vile and wicked. He ordered these midwives, listen to, uh, they were there to assist these uh, Hebrew women to have successful birth experiences. However, watch, the Egyptian king ordered them to do the opposite. They, they were ordered to kill these babies by drowning or by suffocation. Now, how bad was that to take a, 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 an innocent, defenseless child, a baby, and, and just put them out, throw them out in the river? I don't see how people can be mean to little babies. Regardless of whether they are in the womb or outside the womb. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, This king was cruel, wicked. 
Uh, and abortion is the same. Doesn't matter how you take a life, it's still murder. And these midwives were ordered to do just that. And, and can I remind you, I think you know this, Satan is a liar. He, lies, he don't lie about most things. He lies about everything. He'll tell you that, that all this is okay. And he'll try and justify with all kinds of different scenarios. He'll also tell you, watch, he'll also tell you that your relationship with God is not really a big deal as long as you make it to church every once in a while. You'll be all right. He'll tell you that you can be holy and righteous and still live in sin. He'll tell you that you can do the things that the world does and, and, and hang around with the world. Go to the places that those people that they go to, that the ones that have no interest in the things of God or the church of God, he'll tell you that you can, you can be okay and still be holy. Listen, that is a lie. Yes, sir. Yeah, sir. He'll lie and tell you faithful assembling together is not all that important. Uh, and all of that and all kinds of other things, listen, are just lies from Satan himself. The Bible says when sin hath conceived, it brings forth death. And these midwives were ordered to commit murder. But look in verse 17. I like the way it begins. If you know 16, it says, If he be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. I like the, the first word of verse 17. What is it? Oh, yeah. That, that's a, that, in a lot of ways, that's a good word. It says, but the midwives. The word but, I looked this up. It, it's a word used uh, to introduce a phrase or a clause that contrasts what has already been said. Uh, so they said, no. In other words, notice what it says again. It says, but the midwives... Why did they do it? Why? What made them not do what this new king commanded them to do? Well, it gives you the answer in verse 17. But the midwives... Now, how did these Egyptian women come to the place where they feared God? How did they get to that place where... These uh, pagan women came to that place where, listen, who, who worshiped pagan gods. How did they come to that place where they feared God? Well, listen, evidently these, these uh, Hebrew women had been an influence on these Egyptian women. Evidently, they had talked to them about uh, uh, Jehovah God, and, and somehow, some way, it made an impact on them because it came to that they it says, they feared God. And they feared him more than they feared this old cruel king. Look, look in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Uh, and we're talking about fearing God. Luke chapter 12. And look in verse 4 and 5. It says, And I say unto you, my friends, Be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Listen, you know what? Saying fear God. Uh, listen, the one these midwives feared the most was the one who could kill the soul, not just the body. And because they feared God, notice this, it purified their conduct. 
Because they feared God, the Bible says, they did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men, children alive. Listen, the fear of God will give a man character. But the fear of man will corrupt that character. Why do people, Christians included, do some of the things they do? Why do Christians make choices that lead them away from God? Choices that go directly against what God says. It's simple. They don't fear God. Um, people are so concerned. I, I've watched this in 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 not my when I was in high school, and I think back, and 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 it even happens with adults because if you're not careful, a lot of times, even as adults, we'll begin to get around uh, our peers, if you will, and uh, and and we begin to wonder what they think about us and all this other stuff. And if we're not careful, we will change our conduct for those people that we hang around in order for them to like us. We change our conduct for that. We change it so that we can be accepted, uh, uh, those, and so that uh, they'll not shun us or they'll not treat us uh, in in a way or, or not poke fun of us. Listen, God help us, listen, to be worried about God. And we ought to be so fearful of God that it ought to change our conduct as people, born again, children of God, in order that we might please Him. And not worry about what other people think. We get so worried about what, well, what, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'll use it about, I've had people say, man, preacher, if I come up there and pray, what are people going to think? Who cares? What you do up here between you and God. In fact, what you do between there and here is between you and God. It's not, it doesn't matter what someone else thinks. Uh, if God uh, touches our heart about praying, then we ought to come pray. Um, but if we're not careful, we'll change our conduct and stand right where we stand uh, in our place. Listen, these midwives feared God, and we ought to do the same. Um, you know, we have a day that we stand and where people, listen, we live in a day where you stand up with the Word of God and people are going to jump on you immediately. Well, you could, you know, you stand up and say, Christian, you ought not act that way. Now, I understand that there's sometimes we, 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 uh, we maybe do something off just out of, uh, all, you know, we're, we stop. We, we, my dad always said, you, if you're not careful, you engage your mouth before you engage your brain. And you know what? That's when we get in trouble. We need to engage our mind and in our hearts before we engage our mouth. Uh, because, some, you know, listen, once it gets out there, you can't take it back. Just like the, the social media thing. You know, they say, well, this picture or whatever. And it's like, well, listen, if you don't want it to come back, then don't put it out there. That's right. That's right. Um, listen, we... We need to stand firm as Christians. We ought not do the things the world does. We ought to uh, abstain from the things that this old world throws at us. Because it, it, but the day that you stand up to do what's right, the day that you stand up and start talking about God and, and tell maybe your peers that, listen, you ought not do that, you know what's going to happen? They're going to get offended. And then they're going to get mad. I would rather them get mad at me for telling them the truth and loving them than them getting mad at me, listen, one day when they stand before God and I didn't say anything. Uh, they'll be offended. 
I mean, they even say to preachers, well, who do you think you are telling me that? Well, I'm just, I'm just carrying the water. You know, I mean, I'm just saying what's, what this says. And if you, if I tell folks this, and I try to do it kindly, that if you have a problem with something I say, take it up with God. Uh, it, it's all right here. Listen, these midwives feared God. Uh, and I think as Christians today, we need to get to that place where we fear him in such a way that it changes our conduct. And all God's people can say, Amen. Job 28, 28, it says, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Psalm chapter 111 and verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Isaiah chapter 33 and verse 6, it says, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the, watch, stability of thy times and strength of thy salvation. You know, if you want to be stable in your life and in the things that you're doing, listen, you got to have wisdom. And the only place you're going to get it is right here from the Word of God. That's exactly what the reason so many people, Christians included, are about as stable as water. Uh, because they have no fear of God. These midwives, because they feared God more than they feared this king, they changed their conduct. And you know, we ought to do the same today. We ought to live in such a way that it bring honor and glory to a holy and righteous God. So can I ask you, and I'm, I'm going to stop. How's your conduct? Not in here. I mean, we all do good in here. Amen. We put on our church clothes and... We get our church smile on. I mean, we come to the church, and man, we're good to go. We come in here, and man, you know, we're all we church people in here. But what are we out there? What are we on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What are we when you know? I was we were doing some uh, 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 roofing on the, the church there in Pampa. And, and I had just bought me a brand new roofing hammer. And you know, these new roofing hammers, they've got a little waffle pattern on the, uh, on the head of that hammer. And they're about that big around. And man, I'm proud of my hammer. And man, we're all up there on the roof. I never will forget it. There's a man on the roof. His name was Johnny Belt. He's, he's home with the Lord today. But we were up there and man, we were banging these uh, nails into the shingles. And I reared back and I hit, I hit a nail, but it was the wrong nail. It was the one on my thumb. And blood just went, it just squirted out there. And man, you said it hurt? Yes. Yes, it hurt. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I grabbed my thumb. I dropped the hammer. And, and I, I, I just kind of came to myself. And, and I turned and I looked. And, and Johnny was sitting right here beside me going. I mean, his eyes were peeled on me, and, and he goes, man, preacher, he said, I've never seen that before. And I said, what are you talking about? you never seen somebody hit their thumb with a hammer? He said, no, I've never seen somebody hit their thumb with a hammer and never say a bad word. You didn't say anything. And I said, well, 
I have to really exercise some self-discipline and self-control. But you know what I'm saying? Fear of God will change your conduct. Uh, Even in situations like that. You say, man, did you want to say a word? Well, that's none of your business. (laughs) No, I can't even think that I did. Because I told my kids the other day, or, or my son, I said, you know, when I got out of the oil field, I said, my, while I was there, I had one of the, um, the most foul mouth that you could ever, I mean, people would say, man, and you eat with that same mouth you talk with? And I told God, I said, Lord, if you'll deliver me, I won't say none of that stuff no more. And I made him a promise. And I've done my best to keep it. Because why? I fear that if I don't, I'll hurt him. I'll grieve him. And I don't want to do that. Listen, I don't want to do anything this side of my old life that might hurt my Heavenly Father. I've done all that. I've hurt him enough. I've caused him enough trouble, enough pain. But this side of that life, I want to do my best to bring honor and glory to him. And I fear him. Not, not a scared fear, oh no, but a respectful fear. And, and I love him. And I'm thankful that he saw fit to love someone like me. And so I changed my conduct. But he's got to help me every single day. I got to have his help. And I ask him. So do you ask him? When you get up in the morning, will you ask him for his help to help you? Uh, to respect him and honor him so that you don't come to the place where you loathe him and, you, and you grie- you're grieved at, oh, no, not again. Stay close to him. Love him. And I promise you, he'll give you strength to make it through another day. And all God's people can say amen. Father, help us. Lord, we're studying about Moses. And God, you have allowed these taskmasters to um, cause all kinds of pain to the children of Israel. Lord, I don't know, but there may have been some baby boys that were cast into the the river. Uh, God, but Lord, uh, you have a plan. And Lord, you touched the hearts of those midwives, God, and they feared you to the point where they chose not to do that. God, I pray that you'd help us as your children to fear you in such a way that it'll change our conduct because we love you and we won't have a, a right relationship with you. And so, Lord, may everything that we do, Lord, may we do it because we love you, dear Lord. And uh, God, and, and not just you, but to love the things that you love and Lord, that it'll not become just something that we expect to be there every day because if we're not careful, we'll get to the place where we loathe uh, our our gathering together as a church. We'll loathe, uh, Lord, coming to church twice a day. Lord, we'll loathe even coming to church three times a week if we're not careful. So God, please speak to our hearts. Help us, God, to serve you because we love you. And I'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while we sing a verse of invitation, if the Lord's speaking to your heart.